0: Hello and welcome back to the What Is Life Dude podcast. We are Sarah and Eric.
1: Welcome back, friends. We have a fun episode today. An episode that we tried to record yesterday and it went disastrously. For a few reasons. Sometimes it just happens. (laughs) Yeah. So uh, for full disclosure, I kind of just nuked my brain by accidentally taking too much of a microdose.
0: (laughs) It wasn't so micro. It wasn't as micro as it should have been
1: it was what i normally take but it was like a new batch and i i guess they just vary from batch to batch in terms of potency so i was not i was very emotional you know what i mean it was snowing yesterday and i find my mood to be very influenced by the weather just normally but even more so when i'm microdosing so
0: how do you feel now cuz it's still snowing
1: yeah, it's not actively snowing though, but there is snow on the ground and in the trees. I feel fine. It's very bright today at least. It was mm-hmm. so dark yesterday and it was really a bummer.
0: It's funny that like you would think that being more emotional would help on the podcast, but <laughs> I think just in certain ways it it detracts. Yeah. Is that a word? Yeah. Okay.
1: It's not it was it's not a fundamentally bad thing. I do feel like I processed some weird stuff yesterday. But I feel much sharper in myself now.
0: (laughs) Yeah, we got some morning Starbucks, got Mm -hmm. some hot coffees on this cold, cold day.
1: Mm -hmm. Um, And we had some breakfasts, and it was very cozy and warm, so I feel good. We're going to talk today about, uh, so for context, we are moving in a couple weeks' time, first week of October from Colorado to California, and we kind of just wanted to recap some of the things that we've learned as humans and as a couple over the past, for me, almost three years of living here.
0: And for me, almost four years. All
1: right. So Eric moved here October 2016. I moved here January 2018. Uh, I want to give a little bit of context for where we both were in life when we came here <laughs> and we, when we came together as well. You go first.
0: Oh, me go first? You go first. Wait, with context? Yeah. Oh. Um, when you can I- take a sip. He grabbed his coffee, and then I thrust the conversation back onto him. It's okay. When I moved out here in October 2016, I had gra- graduated college in May of that year. And then I went back to Long Island lived with my parents. And I worked at the summer camp that I had been working at for the past few summers. And I was like, okay, I'm just going to work this job and try to enjoy my like life <laughs> for a little bit longer. And then I'll figure out what to do. And then I quickly realized I didn't want to be in New York and I didn't want to get a job in the city like my sisters did. Three out of my four sisters. And I was like, where can I where could I go? Where could I go pursue music? And Denver seemed to be Denver was the top of the list because I have family members out here and I know some friends who moved out here. So it seemed like a it seemed like a neat place to go. So I did it. I packed up my car and I drove out here.
1: Nice. Was it a neat place to go? (laughs) Has it turned out to have been neat?
0: I think it's definitely a lot cooler (laughs) than other places I could have moved. Mm -hmm. I don't really know where else I would have moved. Right. Because I didn't know anyone anywhere else, really. At least people that I was this close with, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, I have random friends around the country, I'm sure, if I thought about it. But, like, one of my good friends from college, Robbie had moved out here right after college and one of my friends who I'd known since I was a kid had lived out here for a few years at the time so it seemed less scary
1: right it it is pretty much the ideal situation if you're gonna move far far away from home for the first time had family and friends and it is a pretty cool place um when I moved here I moved from the Bay Area in California which is where I had been living since like 2009 when I moved there for college so I graduated college and then I just ended up sticking around in the area, although I didn't particularly like it. And I moved here because of Eric, <laughs> for those who don't know. hello. So uh, I just moved directly to Boulder, um, not knowing that much about it. It had been completely off my radar, pretty much. I feel like when you live in California, sometimes California feels like it's all that <laughs> exists, especially because I wasn't born there, but I had grown up there pretty much since I was a small, small child. Um, so I didn't really know that much about Colorado.
0: Had you at least heard Boulder's reputation for being like yeah, a hippie mm-hmm. vegan town? <laughs> mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I
1: learned that from you okay. when Eric first started DMing me because we met uh, via Instagram. You're like, oh, I live in Boulder. Everyone here is healthy and beautiful and active
0: did i say like including me you were
1: yeah he was joking he was being cheeky but i think you gave me like the winky emoji (laughs) that (laughs) Um, sounds right yeah and that's i really do like the vibe of boulder so it's not that i'm leaving because i hate it but it's just not it doesn't feel well it doesn't feel like it fits me my personality oddly enough (laughs) yeah yeah
0: yeah, I think, I think it's a nice place to live, but it's just, it's our, it's our time. Mm-hmm. It's our time to be gone.
1: Right. So let's have that bring us into the first kind of, so yesterday we kind of tried to do this episode, uh, is the term off the cuff? Do you know You know what I'm saying? Without I was going to say planning. free but yeah. Free balling it. <laughs> um, and it was a little disorganized and so <laughs> 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 when Eric just, uh, exits the conversation to laugh at his own jokes for a couple of minutes i'm gonna play that on
0: repeat when we're done (laughs)
1: um so we tried to do it without a plan and it was kind of disorganized so we sat down and kind of highlighted a few things we wanted to specifically touch on that hopefully will relate you'll be able to relate to your personal life lives listeners (laughs) um so you want to go to the first one
0: Sure, it was actually funny, because when we tried to record this yesterday, and that's why if you're listening on the day this is coming out, that's why it's a little later than usual, so uh, our apologies, but sometimes that happens. (laughs) Um, I actually said at the beginning of that recording, I was like, you know... We're just not going to work off a list. We're not going to write anything down because it'll be fine. Right. And the narrator, it wasn't fine. Usually it would be. That was my attempt at the SpongeBob narrator. It wasn't fine. It, it did that. <laughs> the accent wasn't fine. Well, it's that's...
1: funny because it's the second time you've said that. You've Not that, yeah. but you said the two hours later one earlier. And that's
0: the only thing I can say, two hours later. <laughs> <laughs> I can't say anything else in that accent. Okay. So my first, my first lesson learned is kind of, it's kind of broad. It's just, I feel like since I've lived here, I've really learned who I am mm-hmm. and what I'm supposed to be doing with my life. Okay. So when I moved out here and I needed a job, I heard about this company, Shinesty, through my, someone in my family had a friend who was a big part of the business. And I was like, ooh, that seems like a fun company to work for. So I sent them an email, and I was like, hey, I studied audio and video production in college. I could be like a good marketing asset. I'm funny. Your brand is funny. And he was basically like, hey, yeah, nice to meet you. Uh, Do you want to work in the warehouse? We need a lot of help in the warehouse. And I was like, that's a foot in the door, baby. And three years
1: later, four years later, they still need a lot of help in the warehouse.
0: (laughs) Yep, they sure do.
1: Foreshadowing. Anyway.
0: Um, Yeah, so I took the job in the warehouse, and... I stayed there for through just over 3 years. And it was it was weird because I was I was looking for a day job that wasn't going to suck the life out of me so mm-hmm. I could pursue music on the side because that's what that's what the experts say to do, right? Right. Um but it turns out you have to pursue music in like a real thoughtful way in order yeah. to make that work and i wasn't really doing that
2: mm-hmm.
0: so these two things kind of go hand in hand like learning about myself it was working the job that i didn't really want to be at and also thinking i was pursuing music in the right way when really i was kind of half-assing it and didn't realize
2: mm.
0: and i'm not trying to like just put i'm not trying to be hard on myself i like oh you weren't doing enough eric but like i literally wasn't in order to Especially now that you and I are doing what we're doing. Right. We know, like, what it takes to get to where we want to go. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't doing that. And I was kind of, like, half-assing both things I was doing in my life. Yeah. Which just isn't, it's not the, it's not the right move.
1: Right. Well, so Eric was in a band that he was trying to make happen for almost three of those years, right? Mm-hmm. Up until last, middle of 2019, maybe? Yeah. And yeah, like Eric was saying, now that we've been doing so much research about the actual music industry and marketing and all that, and just realizing how many pieces have to be in place to get that kind of dream off the ground, like I'm realizing, you know, in theory, it's so it's really difficult to, to make anything happen on your own it takes a lot of work and discipline, and some luck. But In theory, you know, having a band of three people would make it easier, but it's so hard to get everyone on the same page. And if everyone's not on the exact same page, pushing in the exact same direction with the same goals and the same like end point in mind, then it really, you do end up kind of working against against yourself in some ways.
0: And the best example of that is it's like I was doing everything. Mm-hmm. You know, I was trying to post on Instagram and I was like, hey, we got to take photos. And mm-hmm. it, it's it's fascinating because what I've learned is there are people who say music is their whole life and it's the only thing they care about. Right. And then there are people who say that and mean it. Mm-hmm. And it's not to say that the people who are like, music's my whole life and it really isn't. It's not like they're lying about it. Mm-hmm. It's just they don't realize that there's like a different level to that. Yeah. Right. Where like I was at my job, and I don't, I, I I don't know, cause I I thought I knew how the music industry worked like, when I was in that band, and I really didn't. I still thought it was like we could play a show and be good, and someone would see us and discover us. Mm-hmm. But I was like, if someone was like, "Hey, do you want to come on tour with us and open for us?" I'd quit my job immediately. All and right. like I was in a band with people who were like, "Music is my that's it's, it's my only passion. It's the only thing I care about." But if that were to come up, they'd be like. I'm not quitting my job. Mm-hmm. I can't quit my job. That's how I make money, right? You know, um, yeah. So we learned a lot about what it what it takes.
1: Yeah. So I think both of us have this sensation of kind of like wasted time, or like going in circles, or being caught in this vicious cycle over the past couple of years. And I think, I mean, on some level, it is true. But I do think you just stay in a cycle until you learn the lesson you need to learn. So I'm, I'm grateful for it, obviously. Um, But I think so yesterday when we were filming this episode, I think we came to the conclusion that most of the growth that we've experienced as a couple has happened over just the past like six or seven months, since the start of quarantine. Um, And that is most of the time most of the time that Eric has not been working at that job has been under quarantine it happened about a month after he was laid off so
0: yeah and it's it's fascinating that that's the case you know that like <laughs> all of all of these things really have
1: mm-hmm.
0: been primarily learned <laughs> since like march yeah but
1: but isn't it funny i i think it's so interesting how timing works um you know call it divine timing call it coincidence whatever but the fact that you left your job that I always say we don't even know if you would have left it on your own like maybe you had to get laid off and although it was like a shitty circumstance like it really has turned out for the better but I think it's so interesting how the timing worked out that as soon as you were starting to kind of line up other like little side hustles um the world shut down And we were stuck at home and we kind of had to rework, you had to kind of rework how you were going to make money and started taking freelancing more seriously and all that.
0: Yeah, I was like, I was emailing studios in Denver and I was like, hey, let me work for you. I want to come work in your studio. And I was, I was getting involved with like rec league, um, rec league softball umpiring. And I was like, I'll just, I'll just do a few different random part-time jobs that are fun for me and I'll make enough money to live. Mm-hmm. and then like you said everything shut down and i couldn't do any of those things and i was like what now
2: <laughs>
0: and, and and it's great because i feel like i didn't really want to work in a studio and i didn't want to be an umpire <laughs> like like i did but those aren't long-term solutions mm-hmm. so it kind of forced me into being like oh i'm gonna have this unconventional life right where we make stuff but that's kind of that's, like, the last aspect of the job I was working was I kind of – I I learned that I felt like I was trying to be – I felt like I was trying to have the life that, like, my dad has who started a business and then had kids and now just, like, works from home and goes in the jacuzzi at <laughs> 10 in the morning because, like, business is fine and he doesn't have to mm-hmm. – like I, I don't know. It's just, like, a very chill life. Right. And I feel like I was trying to build that. It's like I was trying to build that while at this job I didn't really care for and didn't make a lot of money at. Mm-hmm. And yet at the same time, I was still like, oh, this is just a day job so I could be a musician. Yeah. It was like I was trying to do both mm-hmm. and I didn't really realize it, you know, and that's like us moving to this house where we currently live. and
1: Which is a very large house. So we were living in Boulder, which is quite expensive. I think Colorado in general is kind of expensive, although not as expensive as where I came from in California, but...
0: Or where I came from on Long Island.
1: Right. So we have been living in this basement apartment, um, and that was depressing. So we kind of uh, terminated our lease a little early, found replacement tenants, and we found this place um, like 20 minutes outside of Boulder, in the suburbs. Um <laughs> And it's very large and quite old, but more affordable. Much more affordable in this zip code than it's in like, Boulder.
0: It's like the same price as what we were paying for the basement apartment in Boulder.
1: Yeah, so we were like, sweet. There's like a big kitchen and extra bedrooms. So we can have a guest room. There's a huge backyard. Maybe we can get a dog. Like, uh, wah, wah. there's a there's a garage. I've never had a garage. What the heck? Um, and there's a shed, like a tool shed in the back. And it was, it was like something about the house just like... I was like, oh, this is my domestic dream. Do you know what I mean? And then we moved in here. And I've talked a lot in previous episodes about this, like, I just, like, get this case of mistaken identity all the time. Like, I think I'm trying to be this, like, um, I don't know, this wealthy, like, super clean and stylish lifestyle blogger influencer with like I was like on Pinterest all the time pinning interior decorating and design stuff like oh I'm gonna make my house look like this and I bought a bunch of furniture um, pillows yeah like throw pillows which I mean if you're a naturally like tidy domestic person you can pull off the throw pillows and the tchotchkes and all the decorations I can't I'm a walking tornado i'm very messy so for me to maintain any form of tidiness i just have to have very few things that's what i've learned about myself over the past couple years more than anything it's like i really need to clarify what brings me value and not fuck with anything else
0: i mean just think about what the living room is like right now since we've Mm -hmm. been we've been shedding all of these things we own as we (laughs) prepare to move like
1: eric's been selling wheeling and dealing on craigslist and selling stuff we don't want to bring with us
0: i keep using the phrase wheeling and dealing when i make a craigslist transaction i'm like yeah i'm gonna go meet them in the king supers parking lot i'm wheeling a deal on this coffee table off our hands and for some reason sarah loves when i say wheeling and dealing and then when i come back i say the item has been welted and dealt (laughs) (laughs) um but yeah, I just think like the living room, there's so much furniture gone and everything's off the walls. We only so, have
1: in the living room what we, exactly what we use. That's it.
0: Yeah. So like what happens if you walk in the living room with something you like want to put it down, but mm-hmm. there, there aren't like two coffee tables to put it down on?
1: <laughs> and an end table and a bar that we didn't need. So yeah. like, yeah, that happened to me yesterday. I was holding a, an SD card. <laughs> that I had like just taken out of my computer, and I was like walking to the kitchen. I was like, I want to put this down, and I was like, there's literally nowhere to put it down.
0: You can't just create a mess by <laughs> there's nothing to create I just start a mess on.
1: Leaving things on the floor in a pile. <laughs> yeah, so it's like I I was stuck in this trap where, like you said, I feel like I was kind of trying to please my dad, which made no sense because he's not here. Do you know what I mean? Like he passed away, but I felt like so much of what I've tried to accomplish in my life. Um, since I've been an adult, is to have like this stable job and like this stable relationship and this nice house that looks like the house my dad would have wanted. And I realized that I'm not really designed for any of those things, at least at this point in my life. You know what I mean? If I ever want to have a house that looks like it's uh, in an interior design magazine, I'm going to have to hire someone to fix it for me. Um, So I'm just done with that. And again, it's like um, it's one of those cycles that was happening for me where I kept realizing, oh, this isn't who I am. And then I would feel charmed and I would see someone else who had that life and I would kind of lapse back into it. And now that we're getting rid of all these things and only keeping the essential, because like I came here with the essential, I, I didn't move here with a moving truck. Everything fit in my tiny little Kia. And now to get back to that feels good. It feels nice to have like a bed and a and get rid of all my books that I don't plan to read and just to have a piano and just very few things.
0: Yeah, like even just thinking about the just the, some random things we've gotten rid of mm-hmm. over the last few weeks, months. Like one of our friends moved last year, and they gave us they gave us a bed because mm-hmm. they moved to a smaller house and they were like we don't have room for this guest bed. Right. And they're like you you have a guest room, do you want it? And we were like yeah, it's perfect for our guest room. Mm-hmm. First of all, we're like we don't need a fucking guest room. If someone wants to visit us, they can they can stay on the couch or they can stay in a hotel and come over during the day. Like we're not we we don't have to like be that
2: mm-hmm. couple right
0: now. Right that, now, like yeah. has a guest room mm-hmm. because it's not pertinent for our lives. Mm-hmm. Right? Like we need a studio. In the second bedroom, not yeah. a, not a bedroom, but we took that bed, we're like, great now we have to move now we have to get rid of it, mm-hmm. but they also gave us a bunch of like random weights they had laying around in their house, yeah, and we were like, oh yeah, like we could work out at home like blah blah blah, and we're like, no, we like going to the gym
1: because we work at home, and yeah. it, for us to be at home all the time it's just not I don't know for me, I don't feel like it's super healthy. I'm an introvert, but even I And missing, you know, being able to go to the grocery store in the middle of the day whenever I want or to the gym. And, Mm -hmm. yeah.
0: It's just like little things like that you don't realize that they don't really fit in with the lifestyle you really want. Yeah. It's just what you think you want, which is okay. Like, that's why we're having this conversation on the podcast. Mm -hmm. Because we've learned all these things. Yeah. And it's like we got a dog. like like, i've always wanted a dog but in colorado if you're listening and you're not familiar with colorado everyone has a fucking dog (laughs) everyone (laughs) and like and i worked at a place in the warehouse where you're allowed to bring your dog Mm -hmm. like as long as it's well behaved you can bring your dog so like everyone had their dog and i was like i want to have this and it goes back to like wanting like my parents life and like if you're listening dad and claudia i'm not blaming you for Mm -hmm. for this right this is just this is my own like i'm not trying to please you because you're i feel like you've asked me to Mm -hmm. i just felt like i wanted to have that life and like get you guys have a dog i want to get a dog and be really domestic
1: right well i feel like that's easy to it's an easy trap to fall into regardless of like who you're considering like it, not just, I feel like your like parents and caregivers are such a huge, they are, they imprint what you know to be love and comfort and safety if their lives are good, you know? And so I just think that's natural to be like, oh, well that, they are happy and that looks like a formula for happiness. So I'll follow it because everything in life is just so uncertain. Like we've never been alive before. <laughs> so like, I feel like the human mind just kind of likes order and it's easy to see something and try to model your life after it. And it's just a matter of what I'm learning is just picking the right models. I'm not assuming that everyone who's happy that following their, uh, their steps or their map would make you happy too.
0: And part of that is not having, not having a model of a person who has done what we're trying to do. Mm -hmm. You know, like I don't, I don't know anyone that's just, that's become successful at being a musician. Right. Like, personally. I personally. Personally, yeah. Like, the only references I have are famous people mm-hmm. and friends of mine who are in our position where, like, they make music, they're talented, but they, it's kind of a hodgepodge. They live still. at their parents' house mm-hmm. and, like, they work a, a job they don't really care about. Right. And I'm, like, really looking for someone who can, who's, like, on that next level. Yeah. Who we can say like, oh, that's that's the next thing we're trying to accomplish because yeah. it's hard to be like we're trying to accomplish what Halsey has accomplished because mm-hmm. it's just <laughs> it's too it's too many steps right. above where we are now.
1: Yeah, and I feel like picking um, that model who is too many steps far ahead is the reason why things don't happen. It's kind of like going back to what you said earlier when you were in a band and you're like, oh, well, maybe. Uh, I'll play a show and someone will just discover me. Or like um, if we were offered to go on tour with a a bigger act, would my bandmates be willing to quit their jobs? It's like when the model that you have in mind is like Green Day and you don't think about what happens in between – playing a local bar to 10 people to and what happens between then and green day then you're not willing to make the sacrifices because you don't know what they are
0: yeah you can't you can't envision it you can't see it at all mm-hmm. but what i can see is how my dad worked at a company and he was like i kind of hate this company i could do this better and started a business and mm-hmm. i know all the steps he took to get to where he is right and i'm like that is happiness yep, yep, yep. but for me it it's uh, not
1: yeah i mean the the entire theme of this episode and what we've learned and maybe the theme of life i guess we could conclude is that life is all about just figuring out exactly who you are authentically and it's not to say that any of the experiences that we've had have been a waste of time because like it's all about kind of bumping up against things and seeing like is this the right fit Mm. But something we were talking about in the in yesterday's uh, attempt at making the episode was um, something a little less to do with career, kind of related to career too, because just how you allocate your time always has to do with career. Um, just like what it means to be a Colorado person. Mm-hmm. Um, and so like if you've been listening to this podcast for the past couple months, I feel like you'll remember all of the various phases of fitness that we've gone through Like when quarantine started, we like shortly after that, we were running like multiple times a week and I got my like my fancy um, fitness tracking watch and I was like hardcore researching how to run more efficiently. Um, And then we were like, oh, let's hike multiple times a week. Let's hike as many 14ers as we can this summer. Uh, And then
0: we did one as a side note. Yeah, we did one.
1: And then Eric was like, oh, I'll invest in some camping stuff. And he was so excited. <laughs> you talk.
0: I mean, it's just like when you move to Colorado, you you like, immediately feel this pressure to be this outdoorsy person. And like before I moved here, I went to college in upstate New York, which is another hub of being outdoorsy and hiking. And, like, I started hiking up there, and I was like, oh, this is cool. I'm kind of into this. And then I moved out here, and I'm like, this is where you hike. This is where you're an outdoorsy person. And I just, like, I don't know. I just felt this pressure, I think, just, like, knowing people. Every, everyone you know here skis and snowboards mm-hmm. and, like, camps. Mm. Like, every, every single person. They have dogs, and they camp and hike and ski. Yeah. So, like, to not be that person, like, you just you automatically, like, kind of get involved Right. Because one of my buddies was like, hey, do you want to come camping this weekend? And I'm like, I've never gone camping. I don't know. I don't have a I don't have anything to camp with. Mm-hmm. And then another one of my friends is like, here's a sleeping bag and a tent and you can borrow all the stuff. And I'm like, great. And you just like they're just that type of people out here. Mm-hmm. And I tried to get involved in that. And I don't know if you if you ask my family members, they'd be like, yeah, you know, Eric's out there in Colorado and he's like hiking and camping and the reality is, like, I was hiking, and we tried camping, and I was just <laughs> really anxious and scared <laughs> when mm. we camped. Yeah. And it's just, like, I learned that was not really who I was, mm. which is really good, because I was trying to be, and I felt uncomfortable a lot. Yeah. And I was like, why do I feel so uncomfortable? This is what people do. And then mm. I'm like, wait, I don't have to just do this.
1: Yeah. I mean, I really do like hiking, and the problem was just trying to kind of restructure our identities around doing it, and doing it so often, and kind of like, I've never, it's never been in my nature to be, I don't know, I'm not a competitive person, really, when it comes to athletic pursuits, and so I was, like, trying to, like, beat my old times all the time when hiking, whereas... I probably would have had much more fun if I had just taken a leisurely hike and like given myself time to think, like think about a poem I'm writing or I don't know, process something I've been going through or enjoy the um, enjoy the scenery. I just was like, I don't know.
0: I mean, like I, I know for me, I know for me, I like I like exercising and kind of getting it over with. And being able to like move on with my day. Mm-hmm. Like I did something good for my brain and my body. And now I'm off to the next thing. Mm-hmm. Which is why I like running I think. Yeah. Because you can. You can like exert yourself so much. In just like 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. And be like nice. That really that was good. And it's quick and it's over. Yeah. And I think I like hiking. Because I think the forest is neat. And nature is cool. But I think there's always a conflict of interest. Because I have that quick exercise goal get it over with part of my brain but i was doing something that takes like hours and hours to accomplish Mm -hmm. so it always felt kind of like i don't know i always just felt kind of weird
1: like you'd rather be home doing something else
0: yeah exactly Mm. like why isn't this over yet yeah but it's like when you choose to hike you hike for usually at least two hours yeah at least for us Mm -hmm. you know And I think there was direct conflict of interest. Not saying I'm never going to hike again. I might not ever camp again.
1: I'd be fine with
0: that. I'd be fine with that too. Yeah. And that's really... That was really, really hard for me to figure out and to learn. And like to learn to be okay with that idea. Right. Because I'm like, this is the person that I've been... I've wanted to like... I've wanted to like camping for so long.
1: Yeah.
0: And I never have enjoyed it. And realizing... Bro, it's okay if you're not one of those people who loves going camping. Mm-hmm. Like you're, a, you make music. I'm like, oh yeah, that's who I am. Yeah, I don't have to be both. I, I just, you just don't.
1: Yeah, I, I struggled not so much with camping specifically, but just being this person who loves being in nature. Like I've always wanted that because I just hear so many people talking about how oh, nature is so healing and centering, and I go camping and I turn my phone off and. I feel so restored when I go back to society. And I'm like, well, I have depression. I want that to work for me too. And it really never did. Um, and I'm just like, I'm someone who loves to be comfortable at home with my fuzzy blanket and a warm drink. And that's like my version of resetting. And I like going on walks outside, but I don't know, not everyone has to find like tranquility in the same ways. Like someone could be could feel just as restored, like some an extroverted person. Type of person could feel just as restored going and seeing like live music in a loud room as I do when I'm just like alone in bed, you know?
0: Yeah. And another aspect of that is, you know, we've talked about personally, we've talked about, well, maybe we'll like it more when we're a little more set and we have more things figured out, Mm -hmm. right? Because the most recent example was about a month ago, we had made plans with our friends to go camping out in the mountains and then hike a fourteen or the next day. And we did do it. We were very stressed about it, but we ended up we said we made plans. We're gonna go we're gonna go through with it. But this was like it's it's it was very recent where we like I mean you guys know if you listen to the podcast, where we had this thought of like we're gonna do the music thing. Like mm-hmm. this is it. Like we've tried in the past, but this is it. And that coincided with leaving for two days and camping and hiking a large mountain and we were like this is like totally throwing a wrench in like all this progress and excitement we have the momentum
1: kind of yeah momentum
0: so we're like well maybe when things aren't like that and it's kind of like we are we're constantly consistently doing the thing we want to be doing as our livelihood. Mm-hmm. That's when we can like like take a, take a break mm-hmm. for a day and like, Oh, go camping. Maybe we'd enjoy it. If there wasn't something back home, we were like itching to, to accomplish.
1: Right. Yeah, I definitely. And, and when we talk about any of these things we've learned about ourselves over the past couple of years, these are just things that are true for us now. I never like to, I think what I've learned is someone who's changed so much, and I think we all do to some extent, like I've changed so much over the past like five to eight years of my life, like really feel unrecognizable from the person I, I used to be. Um, I think in large part due to my experience in our relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I never, I I just know that there's no point in in saying that the way I am now is the way I'll always be. Like who knows, Right. I'm always like, maybe one day, I'll run a marathon. Right now, you could not pay me to run a marathon. I mean, you could pay me. You could pay me like a million dollars. How $1,000. much we talking? <laughs> um, but I just anything that seems like impossible or extremely unlikely now, I'm always open to it happening in the future.
0: I think that's definitely the right way to look at it. Mm-hmm. But I mean, can we segue that a little into? Uh, it just it just makes me think about how i've changed Mm -hmm. in our relationship Mm -hmm. and i struggle to say it out loud because i'm not exactly sure how to like describe what i mean but i'm much more laid back i'm still more like than a lot of people (laughs) i flailed my arms as i did that but i don't know i just feel like my my nature has switched a little Mm -hmm. and i've like calmed down i feel like just being in a relationship with you has taught me to, like, slow down and, like, take a breath and think when things happen. Mm-hmm. I feel like I'm much less likely to respond. I don't even... Do you know how I'm, what I'm trying to describe?
1: Yeah. Well, Eric and I are neurotic in almost opposite ways.
0: <laughs> Which is beneficial.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, I feel like you're neurotic about very concrete things. Mm. Like... I don't know. You're. I can't even describe it either. It's hard to describe. I'm neurotic about very like specific like sensory things. Like I don't like specific sounds or feelings or like sensations. Whereas you, it's like almost like behaviors or habits that you require to be a certain way uh, to feel safe and and secure. So, and we react emotionally in different ways too, which I, we've probably talked about before, but. Eric's very much like um I mean, I process things verbally too, but I do a lot in my head first alone. Whereas I think Eric likes to kind of figure things out collaboratively. Is that accurate? Mhm. Yeah. So, if we have a disagreement or something that's bothering me, I will tend to retreat or get quiet, like just be in my own head for a second cuz i know myself and in the past i've been someone who just like i don't know i have it, it comes with like my <laughs> my mental illness i think is that when i just have no in-betweens for me my emotions are very like very negative or pretty positive
0: black and white
1: yeah and i can't really access the middle place so if eric does something that's just like mildly annoying I'll get very angry for a second, and I think I've learned over time to not act right away. I'll wait until I'm
0: more stable. And also that example is only like uh, sometimes, depending on how your brain is mm-hmm. working at that time. Mm-hmm. It's not like every time I'm annoying, this happens, or else that would be a problem because I'm always annoying.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, you, maybe you don't know, so I'm doing a good job. Do you know uh, what I mean?
0: Okay. No, I
1: think just naturally, I don't I just don't have like mild annoyance. I get like furious in my brain, but I'm so good at locking it down now. Um because I'm just used to dealing with my brain and I've gotten a lot of therapy. Yeah. So I just always wait for things to swing back um and to feel more rational again cuz I don't want to fight with you, do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I think that Eric has kind of learned that that's my process and won't necessarily prod me to figure things out right away. Just wait like five minutes and we'll have a conversation then.
0: Yeah. And I think that has led me to just behaving differently. I feel like I involve myself less in things now. Like I feel like I don't always want to be like the center of attention like I used to. Hmm. Like I'm just trying to think of an example like back when I worked in the warehouse if there was like a conflict going on like if if I saw a conflict going on from afar that I felt it was my it was my responsibility as shipping supervisor to mm-hmm. hand like if it was like a work thing I would involve myself right. But if there was like something happening where I was like, that seems interesting, but it probably doesn't involve me, but I'm interested in it. It's drama. (laughs) I would like walk over and like involve myself. And I feel like towards the end of me working there, I would just like watch it and see what happened and be like, this doesn't involve me. I'm just going to stay over here and mind my own business. And Mm -hmm. I'm like, I would have never done that a few years ago. I would have always involved myself in it. And it's just, it's one of those things about being more... That's what I mean by more laid back and, like, Mm -hmm. I don't know. That's, like, the best example I could come up with. Does that make sense?
1: Right. Yeah, it does. And I think we've both kind of moved towards the other person's um, temperament because I'm very passive, usually, um, sometimes to a fault, as in, like, sometimes I won't stick up for myself or I won't ask for what I think I deserve, like, specifically in, like, work situations, right? Right. Um, whereas Eric's very good at advocating for himself. But that that willingness to advocate for yourself and like speak up sometimes comes with like having a temper or having very strong opinions. And I, I don't I have strong opinions, but I think that I'm I'm very like non-judgmental. Like I'm not really willing to condemn things that even a lot of people would say are is just always bad. So I feel like I've I've kind of moved towards your ability to take a stance, you know?
0: Yeah, I, I think you've, you've become a little more... I mean, it's, it feels weird to say aggressive. <laughs> and, I've be- <laughs> and I've become less aggro. <laughs> yeah. You know? Which is right. technically true, but it's not like Sarah's some raging monster now. Well, I am. On the inside. In my well, mind. <laughs> it's funny that you said that because you were like, oh, it comes with a temper. And I'm like... I feel like you and i both feel the same anger towards things Mm -hmm. but you 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 wouldn't say sarah has a temper because as she just mentioned she's very good at like keeping it in and like (laughs) settling it down whereas i've always had a temper and like i can settle it more now like i don't i i I don't think i've really ever like snapped at you in our relationship Mm -mm. right which is something as a child i did constantly right like i threw temper tantrums all the time when i was a kid (laughs) And, like, it's just funny that I would still say, like, I have more of a temper because I'm just so much worse at containing it. Right. Whereas we both feel angry about different things.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, just listen to Eric talk about the Mets for a second and uh, you'll understand. The... I mean,
0: you're putting fucking Robert Gazelman in, <laughs> in the bottom of the eighth? What are you doing? <laughs> That's like the angriest I've seen you getting as of late. I scream to <laughs> Sarah about the Mets. And she's just like... She's, she's like, just like,
1: I can't believe this. She's
0: like scrolling through Poshmark, like looking for like new boots. And she's like not making icons. She's like, oh my God, wow, that's so annoying. I can't believe Luis Rojas did that. I'm <laughs> like oh just screaming. God. Yeah. But yeah.
1: Well, I think the I think the way to sum this up is is actually using the word boundaries. Because I think... Rather than like I'm just this open like massive emotions and stuff and I'll just take on anything anyone wants to give me and I think that you teach me boundaries. That's how I'll sum it up.
0: Okay. Okay. I like that. Yeah. (laughs) Was there anything else looming in your brain that you wanted to touch on?
1: Well, I just think, and this maybe is something we've talked about in the past couple of episodes since we've started to take music more seriously, but just finally realizing, like, after running up against the same wall over and over, over and over, <laughs> <laughs> um, you have to be like, wait, <laughs> I can't keep trying this.
0: The wall's not going to go down.
1: No. And so that's when we were like okay there's something we're seeing fundamentally wrong here and it's like we reframed what music was to us instead of music being the side thing that maybe we do it when we have some time or we're feeling like struck by inspiration sometimes then we do it Uh, we switched it so that music is now the non-negotiable learning about music creating it uh, recording it uh, researching it Um, that's what, that's something that we do every day and everything else that we're doing that used to be the top priority. So like my work on Sarah's Vegan Kitchen, now I'm viewing that as a means to that end, if that makes sense. So it's what I'm doing on Sarah's Vegan Kitchen is supporting my work as a musician.
0: And somehow that has helped sarah's vegan kitchen become more lively Mm -hmm. right yeah there's something about reframing it that way where we're like okay now we only have to make videos that are fun like that we just really enjoy making you Mm. know
1: yeah and and i think the important thing though is that when you don't have like a, a main goal and like your work is just work that you do to survive it makes it not fun do you know what I mean if I'm making if I'm doing sponsored posts just to pay for rent that sucks <laughs> whereas if I can say oh well, this I, I just like think in my head I have this like bank I'm like this sponsorship money is money that I could spend on voice lessons or on running some ads to our music or paying what the fees for our um, music distribution s- situation. Just like all these things and it, it just makes it – I don't know. It's just having that meaning, that underlying meaning makes everything more worthwhile. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's interesting because that has – it's made me feel more creative with Sarah's Vegan Kitchen. It makes Sarah's Vegan Kitchen not suck right? Because that started out for me. I never intended for that to be my job when I started it. It was a hobby and it was intrinsically fun. And it's only once I introduced this like need or once the need to perform there was introduced because I had, it was my sole source of income. That's when it became so so harrowing for me. And so now that I'm like taking, it's weird because just now that I've given it given it that meaning, it's almost like I can access that creativity again and my love for cooking and I have all these ideas, which haven't been happening because we've been moving. But um moving is chaotic. It's almost like moving like um cleaning and packing and moving is what feels most satisfying now. More, it's more it than more than work. <laughs> yeah.
0: Well it's because it's we know that once we clean and pack and donate and trash stuff. Mm-hmm where that means we're able to move and we know that once we move everything else is going to be easier yeah because there's no moving (laughs) happening yeah but we can make videos and make music and make the podcast Mm -hmm. and that's all we have to do yeah there's no like when is our friend going to come pick up that bed
1: yeah (laughs) you know um i'm just excited to have that fresh start and i'm excited to have like less space to clutter up and all the space that we're we have and in, in the new place is going to be dedicated to music um
0: it's funny this whole conversation and talking about our big house and furnishing it and like just rewind that whole conversation about being something our parents would be proud of us for mm-hmm. that has made it so that has made the idea of sharing a house with sarah's family and just having like one big bedroom mm-hmm. where we sleep and also all of our music stuff is contained yeah I, i'm so excited for it feels it. very cozy in yeah. my
1: mind i'm excited um and excited to go through the holidays there mm-hmm. um hopefully we won't be there for a full year or anything but i'm excited for like the the few months that we'll spend there and i think it will be a good opportunity to reset and save some money and just, like, be able to invest the money we do have in things that matter to us.
0: And we're going to know exactly what kind of place we're going to want to move into after. Yeah. Because we have had mm-hmm. all this experience.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: We're going to get a 100-square-foot studio apartment. Right. Where the toilet is next to the bed.
1: <laughs> There's a chamber pot built into the wall. <laughs> you <laughs> throw,
0: you just toss it out the window at <laughs> the end of every day.
1: Uh, delightful. Gross. Um... So I have one more thing I wanted to say about the topic of music that we've kind of talked about before, but like this whole thing that we keep coming back to about working b- backwards. Um, and now to loop it into the conversation we had today, working backwards from the next logical step, not working backwards from Billie Eilish level fame. Working backwards from a musician, p- people who just make enough money to, to live on just their music. That's the next step, right? Just as it was like the next step for me when I was transitioning from like a nine to five to YouTube. You know what I mean? And, but that was so much easier for me because I had this place, I had this goal to like be self sufficient so that I could move to be where Eric is. And I feel like having that, uh, that drive and like underlying. I don't know that that thing to fight for can be useful. Mm -hmm. Um, But so I just feel like if you have been listening to the podcast for a long time, I feel like people will have seen me kind of transform from someone who really did not identify as a musician to someone who does and, and is. And I feel like that, getting to the point where you can just say I am this thing it's kind of like you know the whole law of attraction thing like just say I am healthy I am such and such and it's like kind of woo woo but on a very like practical level if you say I'm a musician there's all sorts of tiers of musician like all sorts of levels of skill and commitment And if you just designate yourself as a musician and do the things that musicians do according to you, then you are, right? If you say, I am healthy, to me, a healthy person exercises this much or sleeps this much or eats these things, and then you work backwards from those assumptions, then you are a healthy person. Do you know what I mean? So I feel like so much of what the past couple years have been, it's just been like, growing like trying on all of these different identities and saying like that's not me that's not me that's not me and then trying on the one that you always kind of knew or like kind of wanted to be you but wouldn't let yourself admit was you and then being like oh yeah this feels like it fits me and then acting from there
0: well said (laughs) i don't have a good response to that
1: God damn it <laughs> did, you,
0: did you want one? No, I mean that's fine. It was perfectly stated. great. <laughs> it is great.
1: You can book me at your next uh educational event email <laughs> what is life Dude at Oh uh, what is life dude show? What is Life Dude
0: show <laughs> at What is life
1: Dude show? I'll come speak at your college commencement. don't worry
0: that i would pay to see that A million dollars a million dollars that's how much you're, you have to get paid to do it is that what you mean yeah wow that's a hefty sum but i'm yeah, sure someone it. will take on it take it on all right anything else you ready to wrap it up
1: sure okay
0: i sometimes <laughs> wasn't I
1: today so much better than yesterday <laughs>
0: yes it was because we oh, prepared man. for it yeah And we had to have a terrible experience trying to do it last night in order to have this one yeah so, it's true. Again, our apologies for this episode coming out a few hours later than usual, but just remember that it's a much better episode than if it were were to come mm-hmm. out earlier today.
1: Yeah. And I mean, I hope I I know all of it everything we talk about is like within the context of being a couple and specifically a couple that's trying to make music happen, but I think these are principles they can apply to everyone, you know? So, if yeah, you agree. are out there going through something like trying to figure out like who you are or If you have it in you to accomplish like the dreams that feel very distant or difficult to you, I feel like the sooner you can just buckle down and say like, I mean, I'm going to try this, maybe I'll fail, but I have to, I won't know until I really go all in, the better.
0: If you're doing something with your life and you don't feel like it's the right thing and there's something else you'd rather pursue, email us and just tell us about your situation because Mm -hmm. we're curious to hear about it and we'll respond to you uh what is life dude show at gmail.com yeah just tell us just tell us if you relate to any of this Mm -hmm. like yeah it feels
1: it feels good to hear stories from people who do relate because i feel like we are surrounded by people who seem to have everything figured out already and that can be an isolating experience
0: yeah also email us if you had this experience
1: and you're on the other side. And you're on the other side. Oh, I love that. I love yeah. to know that it's possible to like accomplish your dreams and, and live them big.
0: Yeah, like if you're like, I worked at a bank for 10 years and what I really wanted to do was be an artist, so I said, fuck you to the <laughs> bank, and now I'm Vincent Van Gogh. Oh. Wait.
1: The sadness will never end.
0: We learned. <laughs> the sadness
1: will last forever?
0: We, we learned that Van Gogh's <laughs> last words were, the sadness will last forever. <laughs> yikes. Absolutely crushing.
1: Yikes, yikes, yikes. What if someone's like, "Oh, well, I, I was an artist my entire life, and now I work at a bank, and I'm so much happier."
0: Then that that definitely email us if yeah. that's if that's your case. Yeah. Um, you can also follow us on Instagram. I am at the Eric Games. Sarah is at the Sarah Sullivan, and together our band we are at Cute Threat. That was a random plug. Yeah. <laughs> but thank you so much for listening, and we'll talk to you next week.
1: Oh yeah! Thanks to everyone who um is a patron to our podcast you paused you paused so i was like did everyone unsubscribe
0: no 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 i i I wasn't sure if you were done so i just kept staring at you you
1: you opened your mouth i was like oh shit
0: (laughs) No. (laughs) thank you to all the people who support us on anchor Mm -hmm. you can give us a monthly donation and uh yeah thank you to the people who do that
1: yeah i want to try to come up with something to give back to them too
0: Mm -hmm definitely
1: we'll be brainstorming as soon as we're done moving all of these things can can get better (laughs)
0: they can they can flourish
1: yeah flourish
0: we'll talk to you next week
1: okay bye guys bye